on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in. At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equaliser for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orient from each end Lay an Orient from each end well, good evening, everybody. Welcome along to a very wet and uh, windy Brentwood. Uh, outside here, it's a torrential rain. I don't know what it's like where you are, but uh, welcome to another Orient Hour. Joined in the studio at, at the moment, I would say we are waiting for a another, but uh, joined in the studio by Billy Herring, Darren Burrows and Steve Jenkins. So uh, good evening to Steve Jenkins, first of all. Thanks for making it down, mate. You're welcome, Andy. Always a pleasure to be here and uh, looking forward to this hour. Yeah, it'll be great. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Darren Burrows, fresh from his express visit to uh, an unnamed Brentwood uh, tapas bar where he was served and um, pushed out the door before he'd finished, I think. I can't tell the story for a third time, Andy, can I? <laughs> well, you can, because this, this is on the podcast. It's got nothing to do with football, is it? So It has. Go on, go on. Go on. Come on. Let's, well, let's, let's hear this. So there's a little uh, tapas bar in Brentwood High Road that I visit before the show. Oh, and um, I've, I've gone in there and, and the chap said to me well how long do you want the table for us well I'm going to be in and out by an hour I'm looking around and there's not a soul in the restaurant a bit surprised you know but perhaps future bookings anyway he brings me up this food and I've eaten this food and, and um, there's a bit of sauce left on the side of a plate which I'm going to use to uh, dip my mushroom in basically it's a little euphemism and um, he's, uh, he's, he's he's whipped me plate away and then uh, and then um, I'm eating the food Andy and he's coming along and asking me if I've finished and I've still got my mouth full of food and he's take, trying to take the bread away I'm like no leave the bread leave the bread uh, anyway it's good food I'm not going to knock the place. Restaurants are having a hard enough time, I think, as it is at the mm. moment. Um, unlike our football team, who's having a great time at the moment. Good. Mr Herring. I call you Mr Herring because he's fresh from school. He's, uh, he's, 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 he's a bit rough tonight. He's been coughing up and um, he's, he's, he's made it to the studio. He's, he's helping out tonight. He wasn't due to be in, but he's, he's a brave little soldier. Mummy's little soldier. Well done. Well done. Well, I'll only be helping out if I don't cough all over everyone, wouldn't I? Otherwise, it'll just ruin the show, wouldn't it? I know. So. He's, he's been coughing up and everything. He's like, don't die in the studio, whatever you do. I promise. Okay. If I start coughing, I'll go around the corner. Okay. There right, you go. Well, well, there you go. Anyway, Bill. Um, things have been going well, haven't they? And um, we had a little hiccup, gone to Harrogate, and you've got to say that was very, very comfortable on Saturday. Do you know what? I think it's actually probably our best performance of the season, if I'm honest. Not necessarily thinking about just the opposition, but actually thinking about the fact that we've got beat 
two games in a row like beforehand and so therefore we're on a bit of a bad run of form that's what champions do in it they, they, they find a way to win and I thought that actually we looked really really comfortable as you say on Saturday I thought we played really really well yeah, and, I mean, and, and good goals in a way. I mean, uh, you know, the, the chances were taken. I mean, uh, obviously the, the speed uh, earned the penalty, but uh, a well-taken first goal, wasn't it? Do you know what? I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic in so much that it's so clever. It's so clever. Paul Smith, a little... I mean, it, it was planned, by the way. There was no fluke about it. There's no, there's, there was no fluke. It was planned. You see Paul Smith make the run. Moncur picks him out with a lovely cross. Now, whether it's off the training ground or whether it's just the fact that those two are on another level to other people and they've just given it a little nod, Smith's made the run because he can see there's no man there. Right? Great leap, by the way, as well. Mm. But between those two and El Mazzuni, you can just—they're a class above. You know, their their thought, their, their thought, and their, the passes they're playing, the, the movement between the three of them—they're they're incredible for a, for a League Two team. They, I don't think there's a League Two team with three better players than those three in, in our league at the moment. Genuinely. Yeah, I mean, that was, as Bill touched on it, it was a well-worked uh, opening goal. I mean, I, I suppose if you're going to be critical, you could criticise the goalie perhaps for being a little bit flat-footed and not really at the races there. But um, it was a well-worked goal. And is there a sort of telepathy, as Bill uh, hinted there, between them? Yeah, no, I think me and Bill are on the same page with this. I think it is off the training ground. I think the the, the opposition are looking at it thinking, well, there's no point worrying about picking that little thing up, is there, at a corner. <laughs> and, I mean, he rose like a salmon as well, didn't he? Yeah, so, what a jump. And, uh, yeah, I th- I, I'm, I'm with Bill. I think there's three, three players there that the, if the season stops tomorrow, they're in the League Two team in the, the season. Let's hope that come May, when it really matters, they're in the League Two team in the season. Mm. I mean, my biggest worry at the moment would be in January. Because ultimately, I mean, El Mazzuni's playing so well. Um, you know, do Ipswich have a recall clause? I think they, I think they do. Uh, they they do, Bill, but they have a wealth of midfield talent. Yeah. And they also, um, I think, will only rec- would recall him if, if they had some serious injuries in that wealth of talent. And look where they are in their league. They're, they're in a similar position. They're not top, but they're in a similar position to us. So I'm not, he's not my concern. I think my concern is Little Smith, someone coming in with a big bid. I think that's my concern. And support they're getting there, which is uh, unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's probably about 26,000, isn't it? Something like that, a game. It's amazing support. Well, back to us, uh, Steve. I mean, it was, a, it was what you say, a consummate sort of performance, wasn't it, really? Uh, you know, you've, Darren's been on about, you know, waiting to see 90-minute performances mm-hmm. before, and it pretty much was, wasn't it? It was. When you, when you think also that the teams now have got us worked out, they've seen the videos over the past, what, first third of the season, and... Uh, they know the way that we operate and for us to make a few little changes here and there like you know and uh, the way Smith got up for that header was fantastic but also mentioned the Jordan Brown coming in as well you know um, he really had a, a cracking game on Saturday to come in like he did and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great problem for uh, Richie Welland you know but you know perhaps we, we still need a few players in, in, in the transfer window in January to bulk up the thoughts of possibly suspensions looming now every now and again with the bookings that we're accumulating to some of the key players but not only that but the injuries that we're liable to get as well 
like, you know, touch wood, we're okay. But we know, particularly as the pitches get a bit heavier in the winter, you know, the sliding tackles coming in more and more when they're not penalties, when they're good tackles, etc. It still leaves one of our players flying through the air sometimes, and he's got to pick himself up. And at the end of the game, he's got a, you know, a pull or a, or a knock that's going to take a while to, to get through. So we're going into the unknown still at the moment as regards what the future is going to lie for the, for the O's. But at the moment, it's going extremely well. Um, but there's still more work to be done. I'd say what I'd say Brown was my man of the match you know I thought he was absolutely tremendous on, uh, you know there was a lot of good performances but I thought he was tremendous on Saturday um, and it's interesting that Richie Wellen said actually after the game because Steve you said it's a difficult problem for him or it's a good problem for him to have and he said it's no problem I've made my decision already uh, I, f- I think that's interesting and possibly a bit telling actually um, uh, picking up on what Steve said about injuries and suspensions, and, and I agree with that. And also, it's well known, isn't it, that we only had six subs on Saturday. So again, picking up on, on the theme of needing reinforcements and possibly losing one or two for, for whatever reason. So yeah, I, I, I think the only thing I would say is I don't think I think, think for the first time Richie was, shall we say, I'm not going to say less than honest because I'm trying to pick my words carefully, but he was alluding to guarded, um, guarded maybe yeah well it was more to do Andy with um, the conversation about the lack of goals outside of Smith and he said he wasn't worried he didn't give Wareman enough game time yet and and, and uh, Drynan's only coming back from, from you know not having much of a pre-season because of injury which I think that one's wearing a bit thin now he's, he's, he's had a bit of game time now and uh, Kelman not, not you know not scoring either missing chances I think that's another concern I've got as a fan, that, that we've got a little bit of over-reliance now on little Smythe's goals. And if you look at um, outside of Smythe, I think, am I right in saying, um, chaps, that, that um, Moncur's the next top scorer before, three of which have been pens? Mm. So I mean, Moncur must have hit the bar or the post about mm. four or five times, though. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, fair, yeah, fair point. But I think, I think yeah, look, it's very, very difficult for a, to do a fan show and complain about a team at the top of the league. Of course, it is. I was about to say that you know, sitting there picking holes and uh, and but and their top and every other team in the division yeah, wishes yeah, they yeah. were where where and, 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 yeah, and I thought long and hard about even mentioning yeah. this on the show. Yeah, no, but it's a fair comment. I, I, I think um, it's. I think they. I think they are fair comments. That's why I mention it. I don't think they're not, they're, I'm being unkind or unfair on on the no. situation. It's it's a it's a fair comment, and uh, you know you know I mean you should still look to improve, Steve, even if you're at the top. I mean that's it, yeah. Well, it, this is not actually criticism that we're talking about. This is concerns that we have that all clubs will have this time of the season. You know, injuries and suspensions are going to come along, and as as the um the seasons change like we're going into really you know the, the cold uncomfortable Saturday afternoons and midweek games in far flung places you know the, the team's not, a, not only got to show a, um, a lot of strength in depth it's got to have the right attitude as well like you know and certainly they're going out at the moment showing that and that needs to be instilled in the side and uh, you know, the pressure's going to build up after Christmas, week by week, you know. And uh, But it's, it's, it's a fantastic position we're in. You know, as has been said by quite a few fans, if we known we'd be where we are now at the start of the season, we wouldn't believe it, you know. So, uh, fantastic. And let's lo- long may it continue. I'd, um, I guess going back to what you said there about um, what Richie said about being um, not giving Jaden Wareham enough time... Um, I've been crying out for Wareham to have a bit more game time for a little while now because... I think he could be a little diamond in the rough, you know. I mean, I've not, I've not seen enough of him to make a, a full judgment. Obviously, he did well when he made his debut, came, scored two good goals. But you know, I think he might be. I think he could be the difference that will kick on a little bit. But um, it remains to be seen because he hasn't. We haven't seen enough of him on the pitch. 
I, I think he'll look for a forward in January. I really do. Well, we've got Harry Smith coming back as well, don't forget. Yeah, but he's Harry in his plans, Billy. I'm not convinced he is. Maybe, maybe not. But what I would say is, I mean, you ain't going to find two better wide players than Smith and Archibald. You know, they're going to put crosses on a plate. Yeah, I, I, and, I agree and, with that. And we've we've that, got the personnel to deliver crosses yeah, to him. I, t- I yeah. totally agree with that. But we didn't, we didn't play that style of football when we had him. So the reason he wasn't getting game time or him was because he didn't suit the game plan. And, yeah. and the, the, they're trying to get the balls in low and, and, and into feet, aren't they? I, don't disagree, though. Do, 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 you know, do, do agree that, that Harry Smith gives us another option that we currently aren't enjoying. Um, but I, I think that he'll still look for another forward. I've just got this feeling that he wasn't completely um, honest, I'm going to say it, with us over that interview about the forwards. And, and, and I think that, that he'll be in the board here saying we need another forward to do the job, see the job through. Do you think he'll send um, James Wareham back? Because I, I, I can't see him signing another forward and keeping Wareham and Smith. I think so there's more chance of Kelman going one. back at the moment. Really? Yeah, I do. Mm, Interesting. I do. Because, okay. you know, Wareham won't be on big money, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. But I just feel that Kel, Kelman's been given an opportunity and he's not taking it. If I'm brutally mm. honest, well, well, he works hard. Uh, just came and, and just say good evening to 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 Richard Priest. Good evening, oh, mate. It's, is this working all right? It is now. You can, yeah, yeah. No, I was the temporary traffic lights, but I, I had you on in the car, so I found myself disagreeing with Darren even in the car as well. <laughs> I completely understand that way of taking the plate away thing. So it reckon, made sense to me. Yeah, there's a good chance Richie Wellens has just disagreed with him as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, if, if Richie comes down at Christmas, where he's due next on his show, we'll make sure you're you're on the panel now. And um, I'm gonna get booted off. Yeah. Come on, Richard. What don't you agree with, mate? I'm, I'm intrigued. No, it was only about the waiter. That was all. There was nothing else. Just a tap of spot. Nothing else to do with the football. No, <laughs> uh. no I mean, listen there. I mean, to be honest with you, do you know what? I'd say as well. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised at your comment there about Kelman actually, because I, I think he's going to start coming back in for Drinnen at the moment. Um, I think Wareham will stay. Um, because what I have seen, I mean, he's very raw, but I think he, he looks to have quite a natural instinct, which I think is something that we're possibly lacking at the moment. Um, but I think the thing is, the way we're set up as a team, we, we're not set up for a 20-goal-a-season striker. You know, we're set up for 12, 15 goals spread around, spread and I think that works quite well, actually. I think, you know, I like teams that do that. I mean, I know, you know, under Slade, we had that season where we nearly uh, got to the playoff final and we had Cox and Adebajo made double figures, but Mooney and Lisby also scored nearly 18 goals each. I mean, you know, those seasons don't happen very often, let's be honest. And, and we were a different formation then as well. But I think the way we're set up at the moment, you're looking at sort of spreading out. I, I would think sort of at least three players should make double figures this year. I mean, Paul Smith can't be far off now anyway. He, he might even be there. But, you know, I think I think Theo needs to chip in a bit more. Um, Satiri, when he's playing, I think needs to sort of chip in a bit more. And Drinnen, obviously, I think does. But but Kelman, I like his work rate. I do like his work rate. I think he will stay. Um, and actually, one of the things I did hear in the car was um, you were talking about El Mizuni. Because, um, you know, my fear is that he'd get called back. But I think it was Darren. I, I agree with him here. Um, I don't think he will because they've got a big squad. And I know they've just got a player out for the season, apparently. But... I think if he goes back there, he's not going to be playing. He'll be on the bench. He'll be, you know, and I think they want him. They want him playing games. And and if he's starring as he is for us, then it's a no-brainer. I think he's not going to be a starter there. So I think even for for him, they wouldn't want him to do that anyway. So I do think the players we've got will keep a couple of additions, maybe. And even then, I'm not 100 percent sure where. If I'm honest, you know, yeah, I, I think mean, maybe a bit of strength in depth. Yeah, but I think we look good. It's 
you just said about spread of goals. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion, I don't care who scores as long as we score, <laughs> to be honest with you. If it's three own goals, it doesn't care really. As long, long as we win, and uh, I'm really not that fussed. As I say, it's, it's nicer in a way to see a spread of goals. I don't know about you, but... Uh, Do you know, it's one of them things, you know, if you've got a centre forward, you know who's going to get you 25, 26 goals a season. You know, Macaulay Bond this season, we got promoted, right? We, we knew if a chance fell to him, he was going to put it in. Right, you know, nine times out of ten he's going to score. However, when he was injured, we struggled. Mm. So it's one of them things where you know, do you want one one person who's going to guarantee you twenty five goals, or do you want those goals spread around five different players who then it gives the opposition more things to think about? So therefore, you know, who do they pick up? You know, there's, there's, they can't double up on anyone because there's no real main goal threat. The goals could come from absolutely anywhere. Um, but at the same point, if you're looking for that one person to kind of give you that little bit of magic, I mean, I still think we've got that, that sort of player, you know, we've, you know, Moncur, mm. Smith, El Mazzoni's come out and, it, 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 you know, hit a goal earlier on this season out of nothing, you know. So I just think that, um, you know, I, I kind of prefer the, the goals that are, that are being spread around the side, as you say. But to me, if you're thinking about a, um, a priority for January, for I'd go with a midfield because me personally, I think... I like Prattley. He's a great pro. He's someone who's good to have in the dressing room. I think he's starting to look leggy, though. If I'm honest with you, I think he's starting to look leggy. And I, as much as, again, Craig Clay is a good, honest pro. He doesn't give you... It, when he's in the side, he gives doesn't you give legs. It. He doesn't, give, doesn't you give you the dimensions you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't give you the dimensions. And, and he hasn't quite got that telepathy. You know, El Mazzuni, Monker and Smith have got this telepathy between the three of them. They know what runs each one's going to make and they're so clever. And I think if we can add one more in Prattley's place in there that's us up yeah I, I'd agree with Billy on that I still feel though Billy a centre forward I don't think Kelman uh, Soterio and and Wareham between them have scored enough goals and so, them. so we've heard yeah. Bill mention um, Macaulay Bond Steve would, was, is he a sort of player you'd take back in Macaulay Bond well, if we could afford him, certainly, because obviously he's probably a vastly inflated uh, um, package than when he was at the Orient. But uh, he seems to have drifted from club to club every so, you know, after a while. So I don't think he's settled. I think he's he's moving around when the opportunity arises. And if there's a chance back at the Orient, who knows? But that type of player certainly would be ideal for the Orient, you know. Um, but they're hard to come by. And don't forget also, you know, he was he was whacking in goals in the National League, not in the Football League, you yeah, know. That's true. That's and, true. Uh, you know, we have to take that in, into account. No matter who we talk about being a great goal scorer, you look at the levels they scored those goals, you know, because the higher you go up, certainly the, yeah, the, the standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they can maintain that, that's great. Do you know, we talk about Macaulay Bond and potentially, you know, like looking to bring him back or whatever. And look, I'm not one who, I'm not one of these who goes on the board. Like, I'll bring Coxie back. Like, we love him, blah, blah, and what have you. Right? I've never He's retired, Bill. But you know what I mean? Like that sort of ilk, right? But I'd say one player who I would 100% consider bringing back if we can get him, Josh Caroma. He's been bouncing around on loan. He's a Portsmouth, isn't he? At yeah, the moment, but yeah. he ain't playing. He's on the How's bench. Not? I if mean, we could get him. One player I think we've got, I'd love to see more of, because I've been really impressed when I've seen him, is um, Duke McKenna. Um, I mean, he's a midfielder there. We're talking about bringing a midfielder in. I mean, I, I, where his ideal position is, I'm not sure, because he's, he's looked very good at right back. And I think whenever he's come on in the middle, he's looked, where he's that kind of, you know, he's, he's a similar kind of player to El Mazzoni. I think he's probably more a bit more forward than Mazzoni, so he, he probably wouldn't be. Well, I mean, if Pratt is playing more forward, he could replace that role. But I mean, you know, 
it's easy, but I think people do forget sometimes that we have got him on loan because we're not really seeing him starting at all. And, and I'd love to see more of him because I think he really looks like a good player, actually. I said the same thing last week, Rich. I, you know, I don't quite know where his best position is. You know, mm. is he a like for like replacement for Moncur when Moncur's like Moncur's looking he's injured or we're looking to um, sort of take him off or whatever? Or is he a box to box player? I, I'm not quite sure. Or, or is he a right back? I mean, he's <laughs> got a great range of passing from what yeah. I've seen. Actually, that looks his best asset. And I mean, I think when he was uh, on loan to Torquay, I saw. When we when we signed him, there was a few clips online, and he, you know there was a couple of good finishes there as well for goals. So I mean, I'd love to see him come in and start a few games. If if you know, because I think at the start, didn't he? Um, Wellens was saying that the idea with Prattley he was going to play him Saturday, Saturday, and rest him Tuesdays, and and we saw a lot of him coming off after sort of sixty minutes. But in the last few matches, he seems to have whether he doesn't trust anyone on the bench, but he seems to have been playing a bit more. And I, I think you're right in a sense; he's looked a bit more leggy as the game's gone on. But I would like to maybe see Duke McKenna come on a bit earlier instead of the sort of five, ten minutes and, and wear him as well that they're getting. I think they, they need a bit more, a few more minutes than that, really. I think the reason he's not playing El Mazzuni and, um, and McKenna together is because they're both youngsters. Yeah. And when you've got Moncur in there who's looking to go forward, he's not the player who's going to go around and he's not the player yeah, who's going to like, talk them through the game. It's quite whereas, as well, <laughs> yeah. whereas Prattley will. And the thing is, Prattley will do the donkey work. And he'll, but as I say, he will talk people through the game. And I think that we need in that midfield if we're going to replace Prattley it has to be someone who's 26, 27 who's not a kid who's, who's played you know two, 200 odd games in, in, in either League 1 or League 2 who is going to be able to talk these youngsters through the game potentially you know I, I wouldn't want to see us bringing in another youngster because I just don't think that's what we need right now So you, you think a sort of a, a veteran um, around the sort of 32, 33 year age grab uh, age sorry bracket who's perhaps climbing down out of the championship or something like that I mean, maybe but that might be too similar to Prattley I mean personally I'd, I'd like to see I mean, if we can get someone sort of 26, 27, 28 you know what I mean I mean, yeah you did say that sorry yeah, you did say that age but, 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 but I think there's more chance Billy of getting before. somebody sorry Andy I think there's more chance though Billy that, that, I suppose that's what I'm alluding to yeah. I think you've got to make a good point as well actually you know thinking about it I hadn't really given that any fault but Prattley's legs will won't last forever he's 37 If you, I was thinking more get one a slightly younger Prattley. Yeah. Well, someone we were song. linked with in August actually was that um, Alex Gilby at Charlton. And he, yeah. he's gone he's to Stevenage on loan, hasn't yeah. he? And he's doing very, very well there from what I can see. Um, I mean, whether he's, you know, his loan's up in January and or there's... Oh, going to be know, a recall, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, well, what I'm thinking is, you know, I mean, do you remember like Andros Townsend when he was at us? You know, he was playing for us and we were, weren't a very good team and he ended up going on loan in the January to someone in our division. I mean, the, the difficult thing with that is Stevenage is second and we're top. It's not like Stevenage are doing bad. But, you know, if we can get someone like that in, because I think that's, you know, he's probably around about that age, sort of 28, 29, got the experience. Who's the player we brought in in January when we were in the National League? Uh, Double-barrelled name, played quite a lot of games for us. He's at Grimsby now. What's his, please remind me, what's his name? Maguire Drew. Maguire Drew. So Maguire Drew, we took him, didn't we, away from Wrexham. Wrexham, yeah, yeah. yeah. So with Gilby, you would also be hurting a major competitor. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> pills to me a lot. I, I think the thing with Maguire Drew, he started really well for Wrexham, didn't he? But then he went off the boil a little bit, and he wasn't playing. So that's why he, yeah, but he did all right in that season that we needed him oh, build, didn't he? Yeah. And, and he was part of that team that got us promoted. Yeah, so. yeah. And the thing is, Stevie John that far either, are they? So it's not like we can say we can bring him near at home or something. I mean, we're looking at about ten miles. Because with all due respect, hopefully 
he would rather be at El Orient. Yeah. yeah. I mean, whoever we sign, or if we sign anyone in the midfield, it's got to be someone with physicality. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, it has to be someone who's a ball winner, who's going to, who, but a ball winner with a little bit of class. I tell you, the, someone like a Glenn Cockrell. Do you remember we signed yeah. Glenn Cockrell, mm. right? The older pro, right? Who was do the dirty work, do the nasty bit, but then give the ball nice and I mean, easy. And what a bonnet, Glenn away. Cockrell. Exactly, ever. a beautiful head of hair. Yeah, right. we need Rod more. Stuart of that. Tribute, tribute Act, wasn't he? <laughs> Uh, old uh, Glenn but uh, let's just hear what uh, Richie had to say after the Harrogate match to uh, Dave Victor and then we'll hear from uh, Mr Victor himself with this week's Victor's View Richie thanks for joining us congratulations good to get back to winning ways yeah it's good to get back but it's also our performance levels our, our composure um, you know we were a lot different to what we usually are on, on on Tuesday night and was back at it today I thought first half we were very convincing could have scored a few more goals you know we had to weather the storm a little bit for 20 minutes in, in the second half and in the last 15 minutes we've seen the game out really comfortably but um, honestly I think these are a good team I watched them against Bradford and, and he, he caused Bradford a lot a lot of problems I think first half we were really really good Our count, their counter attack threat was nullified by us because we, one we dominated the ball but um Two, we, we lost in good areas and then we was latched on and in good positions when we did lose the ball. So I think we nullified them, but I think it's a difficult place to come. I think we're in a false position because I think they got some good players. Jordan Brown had a very good game and it was a very good corner, wasn't it, yeah. for Paul Smith's goal? Yeah, um, Jordan's one of them where he never lets you down. He comes in and does a job, whether it be midfielder, right back, obviously TJ's um, suspended. So, you know, Jordan's a really, really reliable personality, um, a good character. And so, so we had no worries about putting him in. And talking about reliability, George Monker from the spots. Yeah, I think it's is it four out four, three out four, four out four. So um, no, listen, we freshened Monks up in the last few weeks because he's he's had, obviously had a problem with his tooth, but um, outstanding at times today. Um, you know, it was a really good performance. I thought all the front four was a real threat, um, and we could have scored a lot more goals. Should you have scored more goals? We probably should have. We just took that little extra touch, and we our pass was not right. Um, we had couple occasions where we're free one v one in in the in the second half and we and we didn't hit a target but um you know it, it was nice to get a two goal lead it was nice to be comfortable in the game we've had a brutal six weeks you know if you, if you think back um rochdale away barrow away donny away um crew away in the cup the away games have been mounting up so um we've got one more to go at stockport next week and then hopefully the players get a good rest are you concerned that you're so dependent now on paul smith's goals um no because i don't see a team that is um, one dimensional so it's not like he's scoring all the goals and the way that we play is, is, is down to him the way that we play the way that we rotated first half was really really good you know I think we put players that <coughs> Kelman played for 10 or 11 games the first time he's ever played 10 or 11 games on a bounce we've needed to take him out to freshen up Driz hasn't played pre-season so we're getting Driz back I've no, I've no doubt about it that once them two and, and Jaden Wareham as well it was not to be fair it's probably my fault with Jaden not giving him enough minutes um, but he'll get he'll get there um, I think once they're fit and, and firing to go that them three will score goals You didn't have a full substitutes bench Will Saturio is he okay? No training yesterday and, and, uh, and Ruel hurt his quad so we only brought the the allocated number up so um, we just had to go with one light on the bench but we had we had our positions covered so it wasn't a worry and in terms of next weekend Stockport County I think they won this afternoon um, you're going to have a decision to be made at right back haven't you um, no I've already made it to be honest so, I like rewarding players um, Jordan's come in and done really really well he's not he's not an ounce of his performance where you can look at and go mm, maybe this maybe that I thought he was terrific Got any injuries ahead of that one? Not just Ruel. Adam Thompson still. 
and then obviously TJ will be back um, from suspension so more or less um, obviously Craig as well Craig will be still suspended so um, I spoke about it loads of times the injuries and suspensions will will mount up at times and it, we had four out today um, but it's not it's not really not really hindered our performance and finally for me it's a long journey for those travelling faithful no I thought they were ter- terrific I thought first half we gave them a lot of a, a lot of exciting football to shout about and he, and he was really really good and like I said last tw- 20 minutes in the second half we had to dig in um, I wish we would have scored at this end to make it three in front of them but um, no, we, we, I was disappointed on, on Tuesday for them to take that number away to Wimbledon and, and not that we didn't perform because I thought we played some good stuff at times not handle the occasion well enough um, so hopefully we've, we've, we've repaid them for that and we got a really good result today Thank you Richie Thank well you done. Thank you the resilience that this group of players have demonstrated this season is so impressive. And once again, Richie Wellens' men responded well following a difficult week and two disappointing results. And of course, it was Paul Smith, the star of the show. Is there anything this man can't do? It wasn't until I saw the replay that I was able to appreciate just how high he jumped to score the O's first headed goal this campaign. And of course, it was Paul involved in the second, his pace forcing the Harrogate goalkeeper to take a huge risk. George Moncur, spot on again. I have to admit, I feared the worst midway through the first half. Paul's rash response to a heavy challenge would have seen many referees pull out a yellow card. Fortunately, Benjamin Speedy gave our top goal scorer the benefit of the doubt, so he'll be able to feature at Stockport on Saturday, and he'll definitely be needed. Let's take a moment to savour just how well we're currently doing. Of all the clubs in the EFL, it's our very own Leighton Orient, together with Burnley, Ipswich, Plymouth and Portsmouth, who have the fewest number of defeats, just two. And it's the mighty O's who've kept the most clean sheets, 11, the best of the 72. But although it's Leighton Orient, top of the league, it's 12th place Stockport County that'll come into the Saturday game as the form side. After taking their time to adjust to life back in the Football League after an 11-year absence, managing just one win in their opening six games, Dave Chandler's team is now demonstrating why pre-season many pundits and bookmakers made County their favourites for this year's League Two title. Stockport's recent results, remarkable. Five unbeaten. Five wins from their last seven. Eight clean sheets in total. They've only conceded one goal in 450 minutes of football. County have scored nine in their past five games. They came from behind to collect all three points at Newport on Saturday. And the previous week, they put four past Swindon to progress in the FA Cup. It was Paddy Madden's goals, 25 in all, and nine assists that were so vital in Stockport's National League title campaign. The 28-year-old striker has scored seven so far. As a result, County have climbed quickly up the table. They are now just five points off a playoff place. It's our first visit to this part of Greater Manchester since September 2009. Back then, both clubs were in League One. We lost on that occasion. The previous season, Simon Church scored the winner. A tremendous atmosphere is guaranteed for a game that will be a significant test for these two ambitious clubs. That's followed by a a mini mid-season break, which you well as men will want to sign off November in style. Finally, congratulations to Orient Youngsters, who won a seven-goal thriller at Bristol Rovers Memorial Ground on Tuesday night. Smith Kowalski hitting the extra-time winner to progress to the next round of the FA Youth Cup. 
There you go. Thank you very much, Mr. Victor. And uh, he's in good form, isn't he? And uh, I I still like the joust with uh, Richie Wellens. It really is, isn't it? Every week. You you do get the sense that, um, you know, (laughs) Richie's playing around a little bit with him. I think Richie's going to take him out for a good drink at the end of the season, you know, Andy. (laughs) Yeah. I always think you've got to give Dave credit, haven't you? He always seems to manage to build up a good rapport, whoever the manager is. And I think that's just because he just comes across as a gentleman and, and knowledgeable about the club, which he rightly is, and asks the right questions, and the managers, I think, respect him, which is, long may I continue? Yeah, well, pick up the dive. Oh. He's not afraid to ask a question, is he? Because every now and then he asks one, you get a manager, or you can't ask me that sort of thing, and, uh, but he still does it every time, you know, so fair play to him. Good luck to him, good luck to him. Anyway, you touched on that subject of the Youth Cup, and it was a, I mean, it was a terrific result for the youngsters last night, wasn't it, against Bristol Rovers? Yeah, fantastic. Second Cup game in a run that they've had a 120th minute winner. Mm. So, um, big up the lads that, that are playing in the youth team at the moment. It'd be great to see who they get in the next round, and hopefully a few of us will be able to get down there. I'm certainly going to try, Andy. I'm going to try and get down there for the game. So, who's the guy able to get in the goals for us, Richie? In the, uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I did just look it up. It's Smith, something double barrel. Yeah, I've thrown him under the Excellent. bus here. Yeah, you've thrown him. That was cruel. It was, wasn't it? That was cruel. Give me one second it's while like, I drag this yeah, out. It was oh. like the Harold Ship. Smith, Smith, Kuas- Smith Kuasi. <laughs> I'm glad Smith you were <laughs> That's it. That's, it. That's easy for you to say. Anyway. I tell you so, what, though, that youth team, they, it must be brilliant for them seeing where we are and knowing there's a pathway through. I mean, you look at our squad mm. and look at the amount of youngsters that we've actually brought through. It must be great for them. Well, I mean, um, we've been in the past of these youth cup games where they've drawn Aston Villa at Villa Park and, and, and won. And then. Um, Leicester City away. Uh, I was at that game. Yeah, and went up uh, to Chelsea. I lost that one, unfortunately. Went to uh, Chelsea as well, and that was a good experience for the young lads as well. They lost the game, but they, it, was, it was a terrific uh, experience for them to, to play there against, uh, obviously, superior opposition. So, you know, that a little run, if they can get uh, another, another win under their belt and uh, get in against the Premier League side, it'd be good. Oh, absolutely. And as I said, if, we, if, we, if they do, then I think hopefully the club will give it some good publicity because mm-hmm. uh, you know, they normally do, to be fair to the club, and, and we'll, we'll get, well, a few of us will get down there. Yeah. Excellent. I think Richie actually likes the youth as well because I think without the injury, I think we would have seen Dan and Cromer a little bit this season, um, and yeah, possibly yeah. I think from January onwards. Now he's back to fitness. Unless he goes out on loan to try and get some fitness, I won't be surprised if we start seeing him, you know, on the bench occasionally. Something maybe get a few minutes at, towards the end of games or so, but possibly. Okay. Well, we'll come back to uh, Orient and uh, current football in a little bit, but uh, our, our main guest this evening is a. Uh, a good friend of mine, I can say that, I think, a very good friend of mine, Mr. Steve Jenkins. And um, I'll just give a bit of background, because we, we sort of knew each other, Steve, from the Supporters Club in the mid-80s. And then in 88, I went up to the gantry and did, a, did some commentaries at the end of the season, the last three or four matches. And then I approached you at you know, and in the close season, I think it was, and said, do you want to come up as a, as a co-commentator? And Steve came up um, for what was supposed to be a few games and stayed about 14 years. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and uh, you just lift that mic up, Steve, so we can, we can hear you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it provided us both with some great memories, didn't it? And some great laughs as well, Andy, I tell you. Some of the escapades we got up to up in that gantry, some of the characters that come up. Football has lost a lot of the characters that it used to have, like, you know, we used to have people to interview up there didn't we yeah. at half time and that both players and sometimes officials as well and it was amazing some of the stories that they come up with but um, they were great days 
you know, and totally different to how things are now. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I do remember we, we, we had a, a, a dodgy cameraman in, in all senses of the word, unfortunately. We won't go into details, but uh, a pretty awful human being in the end. But uh, Charlie Dunford, as a cameraman, <laughs> was uh, equally awful, wasn't he, Steve? Well, he's sponsored by Seymour Clearly and Opticians in Chinkford. <laughs> the blurred no, vision. It was the, the worst thing he ever did. We, 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 I've got to say this one, folks. We, we, we went, there was a match, I think it was at Huddersfield. And um, somebody had to film from a different position. Somebody knocked the camera. And so it was like a Batman. You know the CV series Batman where they used to walk up the, at an angle up the wall, but quite clearly walking across the floor, but the camera was at, at an angle. And, and rather than Charlie you know, stopping the, the, the video camera and resetting it, he carried on filming. So you've got players disappearing off the top of the screen with the ball. And Andy, was, I can beat that. The playoff final... Two legs against Wrexham. Yeah, we travelled all the way up there midweek, didn't we, for the first leg yeah. to do the commentary? Yeah, you take it over. Oh, Go on. Well, we did the commentary. <laughs> he hadn't plugged the sound in. Had he? <laughs> <laughs> well, some people said that was for the best. Uh, yeah. They weren't wrong, but I mean, it, oh, it, they were, and and Steve ruined um, ruined one game because he said that he said um, Charlie's. We were talking, and he said, "Well, Charlie's great grandfather was the entertainment officer on the Titanic. He said, <laughs> Something there to break the ice at parties, and some of the audience sloped off halfway through his act." <laughs> <laughs> and so he's, all these gags were coming out and during the game. <laughs> during the game, we were still laughing, and Orient scored. <laughs> and, um, but uh, I mean, we're digressing. Well, I say we, we we had some great laughs up there, but um, you know, we had, we were very fortunate in, in, in truth that the mm. end of the first season was a promotion, which um, you know we, I don't think any of us expected that at the start of the season. And uh, it, obviously, that that eighty nine um, playoff final gave us all wonderful mm. memories didn't it and uh, but I say with Steve he, you know he had a great uh, you've got a great sense of humour and a great knowledge of things like the Marx Brothers and all the one liners and mm. uh, I yeah. think <laughs> it, it, you know it, it, he bought something up there that we we, we, we haven't really got now it's just, everything's a little bit too straight isn't it you lack a bit of humour here and there you need a good giggle um, at certain times but uh, you're now best known um, to most supporters not only as the, the deputy chairman of the supporters club but uh, somebody who's um, gone on above and beyond really with what was two or three lines in, in a book about or in, in the first world war and the fact that uh, three players had died and it literally was no more information than that and uh, will you take it up because how how, how is it turning i'll say you created a monster now <laughs> it's, it's yeah well um <laughs> i've always loved history particularly local history and uh, when i left school i was i went into the print and i became a print salesman driving around east london and i recognized some of the addresses in hackney and clapton that i read about um knowing there's connections with orient and, and things like that you know and uh, i was intrigued and as you say a book that i read orient fc a pictorial history by neil kaufman in the mid 70s just uh, gave uh, a couple of paragraphs going through every sort of decade in the club's history where it mentioned about the O's service and the great war and i thought i've got to look into this there's more to this than that you know so my neighbor who had a computer these are the days before everyone had computers and i i gave him the, the three names of the lads that were mentioned um, to put into the computer and he did so and it, it just hit him in his face it was incredible the information that come out of it like you know he, he printed it all off for me and then uh, I said I've got I've got to go over there this is this is this is incredible what a story 
And it was before the days of sat nav, so I had to get a Michelin guide worked out, the, the circular tour through this, you know, the Somme. Done a day trip, done 600 miles in a day trip, going across ploughed fields now almost in my car with my wife and Dave Dodds and, and Dennis Bearfield, would you believe? The four of us going over in 2001. And from there on, driving back from the Somme, uh, David nonchalantly turned around to me and said, Steve, you should write a book about this. <laughs> So I think to myself on the ferry, and I think oh, I've got a lot of information here, I've just got to get it in the right order. So that's what I did, and I came up with my book, They Took the Lead, was, uh, was uh, published in 2004, and then that was so successful, obviously a centenary edition subsequently come out. I've been told now on more than one occasion it's the best-selling book in the club shop's history, still selling well now, and it's going all around the world, fantastic. Um, but the other thing was I had people asking me about the Somme, saying, we'd love to go over there, Steve, like, you know, you obviously know a bit about it, can you arrange something? And this was with the Royal British Legion coming in to help me initially, you know, so I managed to get the first Somme tour organised in 2006, and then subsequent tours took, took place in 2008, 2011, when we had the old Somme Memorial installed in on the Somme uh, and then 2014, 2018 and then we had lockdown come through so um, I'm extremely proud to say that uh, uh, another Somme tour is in place it's booked to take place next year uh, to date, so far, I've taken over 2,000 Orient fans and friends of the club over to the battlefields during this time. Most of whom would never have had any interest whatsoever of going over there, but the fact that it involves the Orient has led them to do that. And when they come back from the trips, so I often get emails and phone calls from the uh, people that have gone over saying, thank you so much. I've since looked into my family history and found that I've had unknown um, ancestors that served in the Great War, and we're very proud of them. Thanks, Steve. And I'll get a great thrill out of all of that. And I've also done the research to get in touch with the families of the three lads that gave their lives. And I've got them all back together again. You know, they exchange Christmas cards. They're on Facebook and that. And they're fully supportive of what I do. And it's just developed, as you say, it's, it's a lovely monster. And, it, and it's still going to grow further and further. 2009, I launched the OSA Memorial Fund with Peter Kitchen and, and OSA supporter Teresa Burns. Specifically, they raised funds for Memorial on the Somme. And within 18 months, we achieved our target and that's the very first memorial to commemorate a football club on the Somme last year I mean all this time every year there's something going on with, with us to raise funds and also look after the memorial last year we had a memorial unveiled at the National Memorial Arboretum you know and we had so many people come from all around the country we had the families of the lads that fell come to the unveiling and uh, Orient legend Dean Smith come along to do the unveiling for us which is fantastic unfortunately the following day I think he was uh, called into the office you know and we know what happened he moved on to Norwich I'm being very <laughs> diplomatic right. there like you know but you know yeah, so, you know, so, you know, the Osom Memorial Fund now has grasped things really, really tight now, and we're developing so many things. Before I come on to the other aspects, going back to the Som tour, it is booked to take place uh, July next year, uh, July the 27th to the 30th, and uh, I've got a maximum capacity of around 200 people that I'm going to wheel over there, uh, but the bookings are going extremely well. I can't believe it with the, uh, the financial crisis that this country is going through and the uncertainty we're all, fa all facing. But as I'm speaking now, I've only got two single rooms available and 18 twin rooms. All the others are now taken. So if people want to come on board, they better move and, and get their deposits into me as soon as possible. And they can contact me at Steve Jenkins, 
1881 at you know, And we're going to change some things next year for the SOM trip because we're aware that there's a number that have been on several of these uh, tours and we want to make it a bit more interesting for those that have been on all these trips. So there'll be periods of additional free time and a visit to the OSOM Memorial will take place on a Saturday for the first time rather than on, in previous years on the Sunday. I don't want to give too much else away, but yeah, so we're going to make it... Yeah, you know, change a few things. Um, and going back to the work of the Osom Memorial Fund, just say uh, um, year after year we've been working on various commemorations, and uh, uh, along with the memorials going up, we've been working closely with the Royal British Legion and more recently with the Western Front Association. And we was extremely proud to be at Whitehall uh, at the weekend um, um, to lay a wreath at the cenotaph um, to remember the lads of uh, Clapton Orient lads of 1916, and we were very, very proud to do so and not only the, um, you know events such as that but we have been and we still are building closer ties with Heart of Midlothian you know premier big Scottish club well established you know they are a very big club and they did likewise what Orient did they are the first Scottish club to join up on mass whilst the Orient are obviously the first English club only about two weeks separates the two teams enlistments you know and this has been going on for a long time and Alex Hupp who's on the committee and a number of you listening and, and some of us in the studio know Alex he's my son-in-law as well so I know him <laughs> He recently drove up to Edinburgh, would you believe, from the Netherlands, Netherlands to meet the relevant people at the club uh, to uh, Hearts to discuss our work. And uh, this follows on from representatives of both Hearts and what's called McRae's Battalion Trust. And McRae's Battalion was a battalion in which the Hearts lads joined up into. Uh, and, and, and we've been attending each other's uh, memorials over on the Somme. We do joint commemorations over there. And both Hearts and McRae's Battalion Trust were at the Arboretum last year for the unveiling. So they come all the way down from Scotland for that. So it shows you how much it's meaning to them as well. And they appreciate the work that we're doing. They understand the Orient story and we understand hearts, you know. And um, Alex has been working his socks off to build this further. I know there's so much interest between supporters for potentially of a, of a match taking place. That, that will be a, 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 a big event, not only for the two teams, but also for the media as well. And uh, there's some big commemorations coming up soon. And hopefully we can get this sort of uh, moving forward. Uh, and, and we, we sent each other wreaths. I mean, Hart sent us their wreath last weekend, last last week, uh, which was laid at the War Memorial and Coronation Gardens by Martin Ling on Sunday. And it was fantastic that Martin was there as an official representative of, of Leighton Orient. It's the very first time from someone from the club has been at that event, you know, and it meant so much to us and all those fans for, to see him there. It's fantastic. And we sent our, our wreath up to Hart's, and that was laid at their memorial in the Haymarket, just along from the ground on Sunday um, so I think that's I think I've done a fair bit there yeah, Andy there's so much more to do you know, I know. I mean, it's, you've been it's, on the trip you've been a steward on the coaches you know I, what it's I, like I've been a what a steward oh a steward <laughs> <laughs> no. what you said. I've been one of those as well many, many times uh, in the past. No, no. But um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, Richard's been on the trip too, and uh, I know uh, Darren. You you want to go, but you've got a, a coach phobia, haven't you? I don't like coaches. Go on, put the mic over. Yeah. I don't. I don't like travelling on the coaches, Andy. No, I'm. I'm Gonna go. I, I, I will go. I'll probably follow in the car behind. Um, yeah, and, and get Steve to book. Yeah, the no, I, I, I've got I've got a very 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 busy year coming up. I'm, I'm away. I obviously it's quite a bit next year. So, uh, I, I, I will. Um, I'll have a chat with her indoors. Yeah. 
And, the powers um, that be, as they say. Yeah, yeah. But, no, no, it, it, I, I, can I just say, I admire the work Steve does so much. And just sitting there listening to Steve, um, it's just another reason to be proud to be a Leighton Orient fan. It's people like Steve who are the backbone of this football club. Yeah. I mean, my old man and I have always wanted to go, Steve, and this is the first year you've done it, which hasn't been in the school holidays. Uh, well, sorry, it's, is, it's sorry, in, in the, the school, school holidays. holidays. Yeah, yeah. 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 So usually it's the, the beginning of July, isn't it? And I'm always at work. Yes. So, um, yeah. so yes, yeah, so I think, you know, there's, if there's this two spaces there I think me and my old man are going to book up and I think my cousin Brett was talking about coming as well send me an email Billy Um, you know because yeah yeah, they they are moving and I've got a cut off time as well it's going to be in the new year like you know and I need to get a deposits into the hotel it just shows you how busy it is over there we stay at Arras at the Holiday Inn you know we've always well since I've been organised it we've been staying there like you know and uh, yeah they are so busy in the summer uh, on the Somme uh, and in France there Steve you mentioned about raising funds um, can you just give us a bit more about what the funds are going towards? Because um, uh, I think you know, if we can plug, oh, that's the right word, if we can encourage people to put their hands in their pockets uh, this time, you're right what you mentioned about what's going on in the country. Um, but I, for one, would like to hear a bit more um, because I'm going to give you some money and I want to know what it's going to go towards. Oh, of course, certainly. Well, obviously, we've now got not one but two memorials, which you've got the upkeep to look after. We have we have a maintenance team that go up there, and also the one on the Somme now is actually registered officially with the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. We're so proud of that. That's that happened in the past twelve months. Prior to that, it was a private memorial that we had installed in the ch- in the front of the church and uh, the main road going through Fleur. And funny, I've got a story here that quite often we get um, emails and messages from the villagers in Fleur saying that they've seen coach parties, you know, a couple of coaches go through the village and it goes past the memorial, probably about 50 yards, and then you see the coaches reversing back up again and everyone piles out. And, and the memorial was often adorned with scarves from so many clubs. It's not just Orient, you know, and from not just from England or, or, or the United Kingdom, it's from other countries as well. It really has, you know, caught the imagination and the heartstrings of everyone that's sees it you know so we got the upkeep of the memorials to, to 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 make sure it takes place like you know the cost of reeves you know we go to the somnix we've got about eight or ten reeves we've got our order you know things like that we've got the baguettes which this is a laugh the baguette story on the somme trips <laughs> ham or cheese yeah. you know you know that sort of thing like Jean all that jambon and fromage <laughs> uh, some beurre yeah. because yeah, it used to be you used to be able to order jambon et fromage <laughs> yeah, i know no, i know yeah so yeah there's that also then obviously we we've, sometimes we have some functions where we have to get a member of the family they live up in the north east and that so we can help towards something to get them down and things like that all these things it all goes not to us we don't take any of the of the finances at all it goes to the object which is the memorials and the general commemorations i mean i was just going to add on as well there i mean you know uh, andy said that you know I've, I've been three or four times we went over to belgium me and my dad and uh, you know i began to worry for 35 years and hands down this trip is the, the the best thing for that you know trumps anything that i've ever seen on a football pitch this trip it's I, I couldn't encourage people to go to it enough honestly i mean it was the highlight for me and my dad when we knew we were going it was the highlight of our year because you know we had two or three nights away from our from our lives as well yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, it was just you know what the the, the and my dad used to go on about the camaraderie there the it's just everything about it you know the 
the, around the cemeteries, around the, the monuments, the museums, the the evenings when you're on, you've got your free time and we're all meeting. I, it, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. It's 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 amazing. It's, it's such a good thing to it's do. A, it's it is a great escape from home, you know, isn't it? And my, my dad used to say, you know, he used to come home and his ribs were home. We just spent the entire weekend laughing Laughing, so much yeah. as well so see, and it, yeah. it was great we absolutely loved it absolutely loved it yeah and I mean, I mean the great escape we used to call it the great escape because you know get away from the wife for a few days <laughs> so she caught me dropping sand out the money the trousers the other day you know, <laughs> as i dig in the tunnel ready to get to the coach but uh, steve thanks very much for coming well, here mate. can i just and, ask uh, steve one more thing before we then. let him go um steve where can we give our money how do we give our money how do we donate money towards well, first of all, just email me, please, and then we can talk about this. We've got a we've got a Facebook page. The website has currently been put together, but oh, yeah, we any do, any donations come come to us. If you want receipts and that, we'll do it all official. You know, it's all all done properly. You know, if you've got a particular um, item you want to put towards a, a fund or you know or anything, you know, or anything to help regarding the trip, for example. You know, if you want to help um, become or be a sponsor for the trip, we you know we're looking at all that sort of thing. You know, and the forthcoming match against hearts, we're going to need some help if it takes place like you know um, and we, it might even be in Scotland the weekend in Edinburgh how exciting would that be like you know yeah, good. you know I know but, it's, but, but just finally I'm saying you touched on saying there Richard you know as well as v- uh, visiting the cemeteries and the memorials the camaraderie mm. the socialising in the bars in the restaurants we're replicating what the lads did a hundred or so years ago and that's when it really, you really feel close to them. You're singing the old songs and that, you're having a good old laugh, you know, pulling each other's leg. That's what it was like 100 years ago, you know. And these poor boys, they went over there for a bit of excitement. That's only when they're in the front line waiting for that whistle to go. And, then, and I know there's no way out. They've got to go over the top or they're done yeah. for. It's certainly know. an experience, and we look forward to doing it again in, in, in the summer. God willing, we'll all... Uh be uh, fit and healthy and uh, on the coaches going over there then let's uh, turn our our attention to uh, Saturday again and uh, live streaming this weekend Billy yeah, I mean, I can't follow that. How can I follow that? Like, you know, so, yeah. Um, listen, I've got some, before we go, Andy, I've got some stats for you. Yeah, that's what um, I was, I, I, sorry, I missed my cue. You, no, you're right, mate. That, was, right. that was supposed to be the thing. You've done a bit of homework here, folks. Go on, you so, take over. Uh, I was looking at the last two seasons and the points after 18 games for the top three and then where they finished overall. So, uh, we've got 42 points after 18 games. That's how we currently sit. Last season, Forest Green, who were top at the time, uh, had 40 points after 18 games and they finished top. Northampton, who was second, had 34 points. They finished on 80 points and they finished fourth. Exeter had 33 points and they finished on 84 points and finished second. So two of the three teams last year who were in the top three at this time of the season got promoted. All right, so that bodes quite well for us, I think. However, just to just to just to temper expectation a little bit the season before 2021 uh, Newport were top at the same point with 37 points after 18 games they finished fifth Carlisle was second with 35 35 points and they finished 10th Cheltenham who were third with 33 points finished top of the league on 82 points so we at this stage of the season have more points than both the teams who won the leagues in the last two years. Um, however, not all of those teams who were in the top three at that point got promoted. So, uh, yeah. What do we think, gents? Are we still feeling optimistic or uh, is, it, is it written in the stars or what? Yeah, personally, I'm optimistic, Billy. I, I, I think I'm going to be a half-class 
full merchant on this one. That's, they're interesting stats. They are interesting. And um, what is it they say, Lo Billy, about uh, statistics, statistics, damn lies and statistics? So. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hand over to Richard on that one. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is I look at the squad, though, and I just see how much quality is in it. I think that's the difference. I mean, some of those teams, I think, you know, last year, Forest Green, I think, had a good team. But I looked at, would have looked at some of those other teams last year and thought, you know, I, I don't think they've got the depth that we have. You know, they you know, even if we have one or two out at the moment, I mean, the only one I think one or two we'll really miss would be probably Paul Smith and Theo, I think. We've, although we've got good players that can come in in Soteriu and, you know, Drin and Kelman, whoever, where, um, I, you know, we haven't got the impact of those two, I don't think. But that's possibly something to look at in January. But, you know, the, the strength, you know, I've not, no issues with Duke McKenna coming in, Clay coming in, Brown coming in, you know, Ogie for one of the centre-backs. You know, I think we'd struggle with that, Vigoru, if I'm honest. I think we'd need another keeper there before I'd get comfortable there. But, you know, the, I think our, team, our squad is so strong now that compared to a lot of those teams, I think, I feel, you know, we're better off on points than you've mentioned there. And I think, you know, we, we're in a better position than, than a lot of them. I think a lot of it, obviously, Richie Wellens has instilled in a mindset in the squad, you know, determination, you know, they're all there, all in it together, almost like in the trenches again, all in it together, like, you know, and the training ground and that, really are determined to see this through, and uh, none, no more of this little late in Orient, you know, we're a team, we're looking to move forward now and get this club up into League One. I tell you, that's, what, that's the one thing that makes me confident, is Richie Wellens. I think you know he's. I think he could be the difference this When's year. When's the contract being signed? I can't believe that is half a week. No one's mentioned anything. I haven't heard, unless I've missed something. It's, it's all gone very quiet on that front, yeah. isn't it? I, 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 maybe that was a little bit of um, Richie trying to force an issue, perhaps. You know, well, I mean, I'm assuming there is something there, but maybe it's just not quite as close to being done as he sort of let us believe. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's, it's I also sending a message now. to get the players in that he wants in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think also for people like Paul Smith to sign a contract, because he's out of contract at the end of the season, and if he thinks Richie's staying, it might encourage him more to stay. Don't tell everyone. I'm hoping Don't anyway. Don't tell everyone. Yeah, no, if he's got a 12-month rolling contract bill, then really it's irrelevant, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but then, uh, not be funny, 12-month rolling contract doesn't, to me, uh, scream ambition. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it sort of says, well, oh. you know... Well, I, thought you he, I didn't right. think he was on a 12-month rolling contract, uh, and You might know more I, than I, me. I don't, I might I, be wrong. I, th- I think he was signed on a two- or three-year deal. OK, fair enough. So if I'm wrong, I think I'll he's probably halfway through a three-year deal. Certainly Jacket was on a rolling one, wasn't he? Or a third of the way, I think what we want to try and do is tie him into a slightly longer de- de- deal. I think it'd be a year extension, personally. And, right. and I think it'd be good. It'd be good if okay. Do you know, I could see him doing like a Gareth Ainsworth and taking us up through the divisions. You know, if he stays with us. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've got, got a tough game, guys, on Good Saturday. comparison. Because mm. tough, tough game on Saturday. Ainsworth's a top man, isn't he? In all, in all senses of the yeah. word. Uh, yeah. You know, he really helped our club out as well. And yeah. uh, Steve knows with the storm as well. But uh, a top guy, Gareth Ainsworth. Now then... Um, um, predictions for Saturday, Steve Jenkins. I don't give predictions, Andy. You know, a positive result. That's what I'm going to say. Positive result for the O's. Leave oh, it like I, that, please. That was the answer when they say do your impression <laughs> of Saturday. And I don't do impressions. But, um, go on. No, uh, no. Go, okay. Go. Darren. Two all. Two all. Yeah, I'll take a draw. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be the toughest game of the season so far. They're on a good run. Stop putting those. It five wins out of the last seven. So uh, I'd take a draw as well. But I think we've got. I think we sneak it. I think we win it. I was going to say, now. I think we're going to sneak it 2-1. I think we will concede, but I think we'll nick it 2-1. And fingers crossed. Thank you, uh, everyone, for coming in tonight in this terrible weather day. And uh, we'll see you next week, God willing, everybody. Uh, Steve uh, Tung, I believe, is in the hot seat next week. We'll leave you with uh, a record that's just been released on uh, YouTube and uh, down well, iTunes, not YouTube, I'm saying Amazon and all those other download sites. 
Barry Bash Galvin and E10. We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found when Saturday comes again. We'll be trying to do our best to cheer all those on who wear the best. Whatever challenge, whatever test, we'll lay an Orient from E10. Lay an Orient from E10. This is our club and we are proud. So sing it up and sing it loud. We were formed in 1881. Clans and Orient and so begun The old story and on it runs We're late and Orient from E10 Whatever challenge has come our way The Orient faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're late and Orient from E10 Late and Orient from E10 this is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again on the hour across Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM. <laughs> 